Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks of the carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Hey, and it's Monday morning, guys. And you know, if it's Monday morning, we got the winners from the weekend of Nashville. What a weekend, guys. Uh, great, great show at Nashville. Uh, you know, kind of rain free, except on Thursday night. Hot, of course you expect it to be warm. So we 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 went up in Nashville and we're headed to Chicago Road Course, guys. Uh, a new one for Chicago. Hopefully a winner for uh, NASCAR. I, I think it, it's going to be. Looking forward to it. But hey, how about Carson, host of our winning his second. Craftsman Truck Series uh, wins this year. Great kid. Uh, Ann, she couldn't wait to get out there. <laughs> Congratulate him at the car. Thanks, Carson, for putting on such a great show, man. Working hard to be somebody great someday. All right, we're going to roll into our post-race press conference here for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. We've now been joined by our race winner, Carson Hosfar. And Carson, a huge congratulations on the win tonight. Um, obviously, you win um, probably one of the most coveted trophies, I think, in the series. You also won um, the trip, and you have the opportunity, obviously, to um, celebrate again with your team. So just tell us a little bit about those closing laps and, and really just more the celebration as well as you went up into the stands. Oh, man. Uh... I was a little bit worried. Uh, I just kept clicking off laps, knowing maybe the yellow's going to come, probably going to come. And uh, I knew uh, Phil Gould and is, is plenty smart enough, but uh, I knew just clean air was going to be important. Once I, I finally got the yellow, I, I kind of had a, a little bit of a moment uh, on the radio, which is fine as long as it's in moderation, I think. And uh, I, I've learned um, I learned from experience, probably just, I'm – haven't been the maturest and oldest and wisest, uh, so I, I learned by experience, and luckily I've been in that spot a handful of times and just locked back in and uh, knew I just needed to execute and control what I could control and, um, you know, probably got the best restart I've had in a couple of weeks and just made it smooth sailing and luckily didn't have to do it again and um, give them another shot at it. All right, we'll go ahead and open for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you. We'll start up front here. With Mike. Corey, can you talk a little bit more about that restart? What made it successful? Why it was the best in a while? Um, I'm gonna try. Look at him tall. Um, 
more so just just being prepared, never losing my head. Uh, second yell came out. I had that moment for about half a lap, and second then I was just focused on every little thing. Uh, you know, I control the restart, so they're they're going to be guessing where I'm going. So I just wanted to make sure I had the good as best of launch, clean tires. Um, you know, my moment picked, uh, not letting anybody dictate me, which I've done in the past, and even a few weeks ago. I let Charlotte, they dictated me, and I didn't want to let that happen again. Um, you know, I didn't uh, didn't achieve that one, but uh just made me stronger for this one. All right, we'll go to Stephen. <coughs> Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Carson, you, you referenced what happened last year at Charlotte just now, but... How much does getting your first win in Texas and finally getting that out of the way help you here? Because I feel like in a similar situation before that point, it would have been, oh, geez, it's happening again. What's it going to be this time? And now, now this time, late caution comes out. You hang in there and get, get the win. So has, has finally getting things out of the way at Texas influenced your mentality in these late race situations at all? Yeah, I just needed to be smarter. Um, not every race is a desperate, dire situation. I took every every race I should have a shot to win, and if I was running first or 17th or 37th, I was going to try to figure out how to how to win. And sometimes I got desperate, and sometimes I got too emotional. Um, where last few weeks I've been able just to be a race car driver and just focus on what I could control and handle what I can behind the wheel and just try to get one spot at a time rather than um, every spot at a time. Um, you know, I just was focused on that, and um, you know, my mind has been um, probably the best it's been, you know, for a handful of weeks now, and the results are showing that. Um, so it, it's pretty special to see all the hard work, and, um, and it just takes a little bit. It, it took 55 plus to win one, and uh, took almost five to just win a second. And on the subject of that last restarting, it looked like the four-truck got really a huge jump from third uh, at the launch, and uh, it seemed like that helped you clear the 38 uh, past the start-finish line and to turn one. Did you feel that, that assist, and how pivotal do you think that was? Um, man, I, I think it helped. Um, but I just think I, he spun the tires a little bit compared to me, and I I was able to go before him. So if, I'm, if I went before him and had my tires connected to the racetrack and he was spinning it was going to be better for me and um you know old tires like that i knew it was going to be important uh there's so much going on i couldn't tell you who was behind me after the start finish line um uh once i knew i was clear and heard i was clear all i focused on was windshield um just windshield that was it worked out then thanks carson thank you all right dustin go ahead Dustin Albino, Jayski, Carson, with how Texas ended, kind of off his first question, but with how Texas ended, like how important was it to win one without any controversy? I just think it's more important to win a race. Um, it means a lot that there's no question. I mean, we took the lead on a restart, and if it goes green, we win the race, and even with the yellow, we won the race. So um, just a test of these guys um, that we deserve to win, and there was nothing, um, nothing other than just pure driving and, and pure um, dedication and just, just executing. I know you said you were looking out the window or the windshield uh, over the final three laps and not the, the rear view mirror, but uh, Nick went from 12th to 3rd in those final three laps. Were you surprised at how much ground he was able to pick up? I didn't even know he finished there, to be honest. I had no idea. I just found out that right now. Um, no, I'm not shot. Um, knew somebody was probably be coming on tires, but I doubt he could have got to – I, I doubted anybody could really get to second um, 
honestly, just because clean air is that important. I had new tires last year, and I could only get to third. All right, do we have one more on this side? Go ahead. Uh, Caleb Vessel, SpeedwayDigest.com. Carson, you came in the season. Uh, the pressure was on you to see if you could win. Now with two wins, is that pressure off, or is that pressure just shipped into something else, maybe to like a championship contender or whatnot? Uh, I mean, I, I hope we're somewhat of a championship contender, but, uh, I mean, we're going to work like we are. Um, you know, we've fallen short twice of Phoenix, and, um, you know, you may be allowed to fail once, maybe twice, but I think three times is unacceptable, and, um yeah, I mean we're we got a lot of playoff points now in the in the bank a little bit and um yeah, Phoenix is its own animal, but you at least gotta be there to win there. All right, we'll go to Bob. Um, Bob Parker's Talk Sports kind of following up on one of those other questions. Like does it feel any I mean, I know the first one's gotta be an ecstatic one, but does it feel any different the winning it the way you won it tonight and not, you know, having other drivers that you're battling for, battling for the lead and kind of maybe assuming the lead? Man, I I mean, I felt like I was roles reversed, right? So I felt like I was owed one that way. Um, you know, it just was fitting. I've I've been the one that make mistakes and give people wins, and even my teammate Charlotte, um, you know, I got to see that banner and learn uh, with his picture on the uh, – you know his his face and their their pictures uh, all around the shop, and it made me hungry and just know what could have been and where I needed to be and where I needed to grow and uh, yeah, just I, I knew maybe that one needed to come that way, but um, yeah, I, 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 any way you can win a mile or, or uh, inch or a mile is, is important. All right, we're gonna go Larry Woody and then Chris Knight. Go ahead, Larry. Truck races are noted for their wild, crazy finishes. Were were you really as calm those last two laps as you seemed to be? Uh, I mean, I was. I had you know a little bit of frustration the second I saw the yellow lights come on, but yeah, I was. Um, knew we had one in the bank. I uh, knew it wasn't make or break, and I've been too emotional at times and too hungry to just go get it, and just needed to let the race come to me. Um, you know, if we were, if today was our day, I. I just needed to be able to execute and not throw it away. And if it wasn't, I needed to understand that and just get the best day possible and run second if that was what it meant to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was just focused and um, calm. And the second I you know, got to the white, there's a lot of, you know, deep breath. But at the same time, you know, that's when you get, when you get calm, you get complacent. And I knew I had one more corner to go, at least in three and four, to not throw it away. And, uh, the second I got down the straightaway, I knew I had no one coming uh you know, there's a lot of motion there, and I finally let it come out. All right, Chris Knight, go ahead. com. congrats on the win. Did I hear right that you said you put uh, gas in your diesel vehicle earlier this week? And just wondering how the circumstances, because it seems like something that you would not do. Yeah, well, I had my mom's Tahoe. That I, I, I went home for a week, and... Uh, I had her Tahoe, and it's it's very similar dash, and I made sure she only needs premium, and I made sure to not put diesel in her car, and, you know, just made sure, um, and I flew back, and I just thought I was a little sick and under the weather, and I uh, just went to go get some soup, honestly, and uh, my mind was elsewhere, and I was just focused on not ruining my mom's car, and realized too late that it was, oh, this is this is my car, like, this is my vehicle, um, yeah, you know, it cost me a little bit of a pretty penny, but luckily I got lucky and 
Um, like I said, sometimes I learn from experiences and not uh, not uh, not words. I knew half a half a mile. I ran half a mile and shut it off and panicked, and luckily it never went through the system. So uh, I was hoping to take that to the, to the grave, or at least for a while. But uh, you know, I can make fun of myself more than anything. So. All right, we'll wrap up here in the back. Jared Haas with FrenchStretch.com. In the past five truck races, top, uh, five top fives, but also you've been doing double duty with Spire Motorsports. How has that been running the Xfinity Series um, help parlay your truck success here? Uh, it's just just helped more races. Um, you know, I got to run on Sunday with them and, and got to run twice already on Saturday and get to go again tomorrow. Um, just just helps me mature, honestly. helps me grow. Um, got to have myself to a higher level and honestly you know maybe at times I let myself go and let myself fall into the rumors or, or, or the the reputation of the truck series and let that become my own reputation and, and become the stereotype and um, I had to fix that especially with driving for other owners and other people and people I idolized and um, you know luckily I've been able to fix that the last few weeks I feel like but it's something you don't um, only time will will tell and I still have a long way to go to prove that. Um, you know, it takes a lot longer to wipe something away than to build it back up. But um, week after week, uh, you know, hopefully those are those are adding on. And with the guitar, what would you name your uh, new debut single? What would you call it? <laughs> I swear. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's that. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know song names. I don't. I don't know. But uh, uh, just man, it feels good. That's that's probably a little raw but that, it feels good right now all right dalton we'll wrap with you bud okay uh dalton hopkins of frontstretch.com uh carson i'm doing a story about al and i just wanted to get your take what's it like to work for nice motorsports and a guy like al nice who has so much who sees so much potential in you and along with ross chastain as well who sees a lot of talent in you yeah it means uh means a lot uh you know al's been uh, my biggest supporter and biggest critic at times and um you know he's a straight shooter no matter where it where it is or where who you are and um that's an owner you want and an owner that can get behind you in public and um you know get a hold of you in private uh, and that's something that I've appreciated and and looked at him as a father figure and um in fact I get to drive his race cars and you know he believed in me at my low points and um he could finally experience some highs with me lately is um you know, it means a lot, and I'm glad he was here for both of them so far. All right, Carson, congratulations again on the win, and um, we appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. All right, congratulations again, Carson Holsevar. Uh Great. Listen, he's going to bring fun back to to Sunday racing. He, he's, he's really a character. Uh, always something new. <laughs> Wearing, always wearing some kind of crazy hat. But from uh, Carson to uh, A.J. Armadanger, man, wins it in Xfinity at Nashville. Okay, so we're going to roll into our post-race press conference here for today's Lottery Tennessee 250, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We've now been joined by our race winner, A.J. Armadanger. Congratulations, A.J., on that win. Um, congratulations on winning the Gibson Guitar Trophy as well. Take us through those final laps and um, just talk to us a little bit about the race and, and going into tomorrow as well. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, 
Uh, I was hoping a caution wasn't going to come out, but I was kind of expecting it. You know, it was uh, it was going way too smooth there. Um, you know, we were pretty good in that first stage. Uh, I wish Ty wouldn't have gotten caught up when we both got in that wreck there. Um, you know, he was going to be tough to beat, it looked like. Been fun to race him there at the end. But, you know, we had to – got a little fortunate there where uh, where the accident happened. It, it got me in the left rear, but it didn't do anything to the front of the car, and it really didn't do anything – bad to the quarter panels to, to, you know, take away downforce. So the guys did a good job to, to fix it there. And then um, a little bit fortunate the way, you know, with the tire rules here and, and how many sets we had, we put on a new set because we damaged those tires in the wreck. And fortunately enough, the caution came right back out. Uh, so we were able to take those tires back off knowing that, you know, we were going to have to reuse them. So, you know, we had a set there at the start of the third stage that only had a lap and a half on them. Um, compared to where we might have had to have 20 laps on them, and, and that probably would have just wrecked the race. So um, got very fortunate there in, in, a, in a couple of different ways, um, but they did a great job. Pit stops were great. That final, one of those, uh, that final yellow pit stop there, they gained me seven spots, which got me near the front. And then from there, car was really good. It was tight early on, and, you know, I didn't have the outright pace of the guys for about 10 or 15 laps, but I could see how loose they were getting, and, once it kind of would switch over to, to them getting too loose, my car was really good. Had to drive it a certain way, but, um, yeah, it was it was pretty dominant there. And, and just trying to, at the end of the race, running basically half speed, just trying to save tires, knowing that the caution probably was going to come out. And it was just about trying to get through turn one clean on those restarts and knew if I did that, they probably wouldn't be able to run with me. All right, we'll now go to the media for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you, and we'll start with Holly. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. I feel like every race I go to, you're in here with <laughs> Well, keep coming then, Holly. <laughs> as a veteran, as somebody that has seen these races, there was a lot going on at the beginning of this thing. Was it kind of purposeful for you to kind of chill as much as you could? I know you got collected in a little bit early on, but were you kind of looking at this from an overall perspective to chill out and be there at the end, or what was your strategy after so many caution periods? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I was shocked on the initial start. You know, I, I went down and, and made it three wide uh, and thought nothing of it, like didn't even drive in the corner that hard, and, and I started wrecking. Like, it was really slick. And so that kind of raised my eyebrows, like, okay, like, wow, this is a lot slicker than I expected. So the next couple of starts, just try to, to chill and try to get into a rhythm of the race. But I think it caught us all off guard, just how slick the racetrack was compared to yesterday or even in qualifying. Um, so once, once that first start happened and, and I felt like I got away with, with you know, trying to wreck, basically, um, just trying to, to be chill, but yeah, there was a lot of cautions and, you know, the 21 there on that, that one restart was on old tires and he went in there and you could see it wasn't anything malicious. He just went in and, and it never turned. Um, so yeah, it was, it was sketchy. Like you, you definitely had to be a little bit on defense mode, especially on the starts. And when you had cars next to you, um, it was, it was a lot slicker than, you know, I think some of it too, honestly, I was that. We just don't have long practices anymore. So, you know, you get into a rhythm of like, okay, this is how fast the racetrack is yesterday. And you just think, okay, that's the grip level that it's going to be, uh, you know, where like in the old practices, like, you know, you'd be a second faster and then you'd in the race, it'd be a second slower than pace 
just because of all the rubber on the racetrack and the sun beating on it. So, yeah, it was just had to be patient early on there. And then even on restarts, to a certain degree, just being patient because it was really easy to make a mistake. All right, we'll go to Bob. Bob Parker, Fox Sports. I had two. The first is, do you need these Xfinity wins to help maybe get through <laughs> some of the rough Sundays? Yes. <laughs> Chris Rice says yes. Um, Bob, I spent a lot of years not winning anything, so I need wins just to make me mentally okay every week, whether it's a cup or Xfinity. Like it's, this is why you go out here and do this is is to try to win races and, um, you know, so I I don't take anything for granted and and. You know, whether it's an Xfinity or a Cup win, it, it means a lot to me because you never know when the last one is going to be. And, you know, on the Cup side of it, you know, I felt like the, over the last month we've, we're making gains. You know, we, we had tough meetings at the shop, but what I've always, and I've said this from day one, there's no finger pointing on the team. We just kind of all look at each other like, yeah, we all suck right now. Like, we all got to be better. And over the last month, we're getting there. Um, you get, Our car was fast yesterday in practice, and Justin did an amazing job qualifying third. So, our cup program's getting there, but it's the best of the best, and we're racing against the best teams and the best drivers. So, you know, there's there's going to on the cup side of it, there's going to be more down days at times than good ones. But um, it's all about having the perspective of what of what we're trying to do on the cup side of it. But winning anything is important. So, you know, don't take any of that for granted. And I, I assume you heard that some of your competitors felt that the damage to your car actually helped it and made it much better. I'm curious if you felt a big difference. Well, they shouldn't have crashed in front of me and got me in a wreck then. That's that's their own issue. I don't fix them. I don't do anything. I just drive them. So if it helped, a good one. You know, we, we got lucky for the good guys one time. All right. We'll go to Jordan and then I believe I had a question over here on the right. So we'll go to Jordan first. Do you feel, Jordan Bianchi, that's like, do you feel like you've been able to bring something to the Xfinity program this year and kind of help point them in the right direction and kind of get them back, you know, going the right way? No, I mean, they, they did all the work on the off off season, you know. I mean, it, um, you know, Chandler and, and, and Daniel have been working hard and they've, they've had more speed. You know, I think last year was, although we had five wins, it was a tough year in the sense of just our, our pace every weekend. And, you know, I try to give them my – my best thoughts of, of what direction we needed as, as the year went on. But, you know, they've, they've put a lot of work in the Xfinity program in the off season and the cars are better. Um, so it, it's, you know, I just, I always want to feel like I'm a small part of the program. Um, but, you know, they're doing all the work right now when this year and, and it's shown that the speed is there. I do feel like compared to last year, like our good race cars are, are, are outright speed is a lot better. I think there's still weekends that were off more than, say, Joe Gibbs. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's definitely they've improved it for sure. All right. I believe I had a few questions. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, Caleb Vessel, SpeedwayDigest.com. Um, obviously, the, the next-gen car and these Xfinity cars are completely different. Is there anything you learn from today that will help you tomorrow, or is it just simply just going out there and racing for a, a guitar trophy? I mean, I think laps always help, right? It's it's It doesn't matter what, what car you're in, just running laps. There's nuances of the racetrack that you learn. Um, but, you know, setup stuff and things like that, it, it doesn't carry over. Um, but, you know, it's just always about momentum. You know, winning a race the day before a cup race is, 
makes you show up. I'll wake up happier on Sunday and, and come out here, but it's completely different. I think track conditions will be different just because the sun will be, you know, sun will still be up a lot when we go green, but temp will at least slowly start decreasing tomorrow. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just about running laps. And if you win a race, then it's just that momentum that you take in the next day. All right, go ahead. Devin Kupka, five to go. First off, congratulations on your big win today. And I want to turn gears to next week, and that'll be the Chicago street course, and that'll be the first time that NASCAR's racing on a street course. And you've probably done a lot of simulation work, um, you know, throughout the season doing that race. Um, is there anything that you've found that you've personally struggled with, especially with your – you have a lot of road racing experience. Anything that will you think could be a big problem next weekend? Well, I've done one day of simulation that I haven't done a lot. It's um, no, I don't think there's anything that that catches me off guard of of you know that could be a, a bigger issue that I'm struggling with. I mean, it's there's certain sections of that racetrack are tight. Um, a couple of them come from a fast section of the racetrack, and and it's rough. You know, I think on the simulation, it doesn't show some of the pl the the places that they've repaved. So. I don't think we fully know how rough or how smooth it's going to be until you get out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a street course. It's You're going to be on the ragged edge, and you make a, a two-inch mistake. You know, you pay a huge price there, and that's what street course racing is. So um, I look forward to it. I love that NASCAR is trying something new. You know, I, I, don't, I can't tell you if the race is going to be great. I think the atmosphere and all the activities and everything that they have planned is going to be a lot of fun, um, and it's going to be good for the sport. I don't know what type of race it's going to put on, but I love that they're trying new things. All right. Any final questions for AJ? All right. We'll end here with oh, – we'll go to Chris and then end with Larry. Chris Lancaster.com. Uh, AJ, just wondering what it was like to battle Chandler Smith um, today. You guys spent a lot of time at the front and what you've seen out of him being a college racing teammate in 2023. Yeah, I mean, Chandler's been doing a, a great job this year. Um, he's a student of the game. He studies a lot of – of just stuff over the last couple of years of, of our race cars, in-car videos, stuff like that. Um, obviously, he's super fast. Like, I mean, just outright speed. Uh, you know, I think at times, like at that age, you probably overdrive it. And, and But he was doing a good job today. He was just too loose, and I could see that. Um, but, you know, he's he's got a huge future, and, and you know, it's great having him at College Racing because – um, you know, we, we need guys like that and Daniel and stuff to, to keep our program going um, and honestly keep giving younger drivers a reason to want to come to college racing to get in those Xfinity cars. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be one that they're going to have to battle for the championship by the end of the year. And our, our cars are getting close enough that I think you get in those last couple of races, unlike last year where we were probably just too far off, our cars are getting close enough that, you know, it, he's, he's going to be tough to beat. Um, what are Indy? Yeah. All right. We'll take our final question here in the middle from Larry. Yeah, AJ, as, as wild and crazy as the race had been, how tense, uh, you, you discussed it a little bit, how tense was that last restart? And at what point did you glance back and say, I've got it? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it just you just know it's coming. Uh, I, I just knew that more than anything, I needed to get a good restart. And just get into turn one clean. You know, I didn't – the 21 was behind me, and, and I knew he had damage too. So it was just about trying to get away from him enough that he couldn't get to my bumper in turn one. 
And honestly, it's once I did that and I came off two, as long as I, we stayed green, I knew they didn't have a shot to, to run me down. We were going to be okay. But it was just about getting through the gears, not spinning the rear tires too much. The first start helped me a little bit because I probably didn't clean the tires off quite enough, and I spun them a little bit. So that second start, I definitely, down the back straightaway, spent a lot of time trying to heat them up and clean them off. So that second start was really good. And um, as I said, it was just about hitting my marks, getting into one. And once I looked up off of two, as long as there was no yellows, I knew it was kind of game over. It's a great, well, it's a good feeling when you get under the start line for the white flag. That's a good feeling. All right, AJ, congratulations again. Best luck tomorrow as well. Thank you, guys. All right, funny guy, AJ Armerdinger. Always good to have AJ on. See him in victory lane. Okay, guys, uh, hey, how about Ross Thane busting watermelon in uh, victory lane? Way to end Nashville, man. He knows how to get around that track fast. Does anybody have the cord to plug this guitar in? Does it get piped in the same as the mic or what? It probably could. We should we should probably look into that. All right, we're going to continue with our post-race media availabilities. We've now been joined by our race winner, Ross Chastain, driver of the number one Chevrolet for track house racing here in today's Ally 400. Ross First of all, congratulations on that win. You spent some time with us on Friday, I think, twice, um, or I should say Saturday twice. On Saturday, you said your team was strong. You said your car had speed, and tonight you guys backed it up. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, I've, I've felt the speed. I've felt the grip. Um, you know, it's just this or that happens, and we, we don't win. Um, but I felt it again on Friday. Obviously, felt it on Saturday um, for me to tie together two laps. One lap, okay, I, I, I can probably do that sometimes. But the second round lap to not overdrive it, to back up and go a few thousandths faster um, is a testament to the, the changes they made between round one and round two for qualifying. And then uh, our evolution and our process is paying off of this new car. It's so different than anything that I've ever driven um, and learning it since the first time I drove it, I guess, in 2021 at a test to now to finally get an oval win uh, on a circle track is absolutely incredible. All right. We're now going to go to questions. If you have one, raise your hand. I'll work to get a mic to you. We're going to start with Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, in light of everything in recent weeks in Starlington, uh, does this feel like a statement win in some respects? Did you see the two cars we passed? <laughs> Felt pretty good. Um, look, I first met Martin Truex Jr. at a Bass Pro Shops in Fort Myers, Florida when our, our local one opened, and he signed a Chevy Trucks hat for me, and I still have it on my childhood bedroom wall hanging up. Um, the Sharpie is about faded off, but it's still barely there, and um, it's a, a, a hero. He was an idol of mine, and then to go to battle against him and then have criticism from him and go back and forth and him to air block me at Dover like he did uh, when I thought we were just as fast there uh, was was humbling and, and um, to, to go up against my heroes like that and now to beat him tonight to drive by him in the 11 was definitely a statement was definitely uh, felt good um, and I'm, I'm proud that we were able to do that what has been the message to your team not not them to you, but you you to them in the last you know four or five weeks, uh, in light of everything. Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a big vocal 
rah rah guy. I'm not I'm not telling them anything that they don't already know. Uh, I think they see me going to work and just just going through the processes that Trackhouse has in place for me, that GM and the Wise program has in place for me. Wise Performance. Um, they see me. You know, they hear me uh, going through business with MMI and 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 what I'm trying to do outside of the race car, and they know that I'm all in, and and I don't have to tell them that. I don't uh, I don't have to I don't have to tell them we're going to be okay, guys. Like we just look at each other, nod our heads, and go about our business. And um, you know, our, uh, my my car chief David Farrow is uh, big on positive affirmations and and surrounding our minds with with good thoughts about how we can be better. And um, I am too. I, I read. Um, you know, books that that show me and teach me little ways to kind of bring it all back down of getting to neutral is something I've talked about before. So they see me doing that, and uh, they know that I'm all in, and I'm going to make mistakes, and they're they're okay with that. They they tell me that, and uh, I know that I have the best team on pit road, and I have the best team building my race cars, and um, we just kind of go about our business. All right, we'll go to Chris Knight up here. ChrisKnightCatchNets.com, you called your shot walking out of here on Saturday afternoon. What made you realize that you, you could get it done start to finish? Yeah, nobody was actually supposed to really know that. That was kind of uh, off the shoulder, uh, just kind of in passing of the guitars, you know. I didn't really put too much thought into it. The words went out, and I read the tweet uh, whenever, I guess, this morning. And I thought, ooh, that is a little too confident, um, a little too cocky from from my taste um so i told myself to not do that again to to just keep those thoughts internal use them for for fuel and fire but um i don't need to to say that kind of stuff and so um i'm really glad it worked out let's just put it that way uh because it was just a an off the you know not i look at you, i look at a lot of y'all in here as just you know when i'm on the microphone obviously i know the world's watching when we're walking out, we're talking just amongst uh, whether I'm turning the lights off in the bathroom on one of y'all or, or something. Uh, it's just friendly. And so for that to go out, it was kind of a reminder of, oh, boy, like they're doing their job, right? Um, what I do on the track is seen by the world. What I say around anybody in here is their job to, to tell the world because no one else can hear it. So um, I'm glad that it got out. I'm glad that it worked out. But I don't like saying that kind of stuff, but I'm sure glad that it worked out, and I'm, I am glad that I said it. All right, our next question will go to Matt Weaver. Matt Weaver, Sports Knot. Over here. <laughs> um, I think anyone who watched the whole race could argue that you guys had the best car, won the pole fast in practice. Um, but Martin did start to gain on you there with about 25 to go. Um, you know, we always talk about dirty air. Is there kind of a, a balance between hitting your marks, especially in, in dirty air yourself, you're going through lap traffic, making sure you don't overshoot the corner while also kind of looking out behind you and doing all the things you have to do to keep the car behind you. What does that kind of balancing act like? It is. Um, you know, we, we got we had the lead early, obviously, with the pole, and then we got passed uh, pretty quickly. And then Martin and William were really fast, and uh, they were ahead of us. Tyler was ahead of us. Tyler had his issues. So it was kind of three of us, I thought. And I knew there would be one more that would come up there and race, and it was the 11. Um, and, you know, as – as we went into, the, as the sun went down, I was fast enough to catch the 11 and 19 for the end of stage two, but I couldn't get by him. Martin air blocked me all over the track, and I'm like, all right, well, um, try to get him in stage three. Was clearly faster, and then stage three fired off. 
they we all singled out. I had a shot at Martin for a few laps. He got by me, and um, he actually like waved and gave me like the peace sign when he cleared me early in stage three. And I thought, okay, so he's not not, not mad at me. Okay. And then the sun went down, and uh, the, our Worldwide Express Chevy came to life. Um, it was literally like a – they call it light switch. It was like I flipped the switch, and I got more grip, filled the grip bottle up. And uh, from there, um, I was able to buy, drive by the 19 and the 11 before the pit stops, which I think was key. Uh, they, they put up a fight, but they, they let me race them. They didn't just air block like they did at the end of Stage 2 like Martin did and like he did at Dover. And, like, I feel like I've helped move the needle and – teach uh some of these guys on track um so he let it just naturally play out and the 11 did as well and and then uh, when he got to me at the end i air blocked him back um and then we got the gap and we i was loose for sure and i think he was i don't know what he was but i got loose um the final set of tires looser started off looser than the previous set and um just kind of hanging on there at the end are you and host of our going to start a band now with the uh the guitars That'd be a bad, bad band if we did. Nobody would want to hear that. Um, look, we drive the cars. We won the race. We can uh, hire some talent to come play play our guitars for us. I don't even. I guess you plug this one in. I don't know nothing about music, but Riverhouse does, and Grant and the boys and girls over there can uh, with Zeb can can play us a tune tonight. But to that point, though, it was a really good weekend for MMI, right, and the family there. Um, you've done a lot of work with, with Phil, too, on Carson and just trying to clean some things up there, too. He's winning with regularity a little bit now, running up front. What are you seeing out of Carson here the last couple of weeks and months towards the goals that you guys have set for him on track and off track? Yeah, I mean, we're we're in a small capacity with Carson, but it, but it is about managing the at-track stuff and just trying to manage – uh, his kind of larger-than-life, pun intended, for his height, uh, his larger-than-life kind of personality that, that carries him outside of the race truck and race car. Um, I see a lot of myself in him. I see incredible speed and talent, and I know the trucks that he's driving at Nice Motorsports with Phil Surgeon and that group with Al Nice. Um, and to have Worldwide Express sweep the truck race, get the pole for the cup race, and win the cup race, it's absolutely incredible to be sitting here watching that confetti fly around outside the door uh, knowing that was shot off for us, um, you know, I was just so proud of the effort of Nice Motorsports on Friday night, um, and to uh, you know to see yeah to see Carson keep growing. I'm growing as well. So when we talk, we're not all that different. We're just at different levels and different ages and different chapters of our life, but we're kind of fighting the same things. And we make mistakes when we're really fast, and we should probably just let it play out. And we've both, I mean, I've been open with him that. The things he needs to improve on are the same things I'm trying to improve on. So as I'm looking at him at 30 years old and he's so much younger, we're fighting the same battles. And internally, we're trying to mentally get through all this uh, with a lot of criticism on us. And he's had a lot, and I've been one of them. I criticized him when he, I thought he needed it, and I you know, thought I explained my, my view of it. Um, and, um, yeah, he, he, we've seen, obviously, a you know, 2.0 version of him, and, and um, I'm – working to get to maybe i'm at 1.8 but uh we're going to get to 2.0 here you know as i keep evolving all right we'll go to steven mark garrow go ahead oh sorry okay we'll take you both Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Uh, Ross, I actually I asked Phil the same question i, I want to go back to this race two years ago you were running third i think it was before the last caution and phil called you down and brought you to pit road 
And I believe you said afterwards that you would kind of question that call, you know, why, you know, we just took ourselves out of a top five run. Uh, as it turns out, Phil was right. That race ran green to the end. You finished second. Uh, so now that you've reached this point with Phil and you guys have accomplished all that you have together now, how, how pivotal do you think that race was to developing uh, the level of trust that you've built with him? Yeah. Some people might think that our radio is too quiet and it stays like that and moments like that that it that are the cause because um, I describe the car and that's all I do. I, I describe the track, the car, what I'm feeling, what I need. And um, sometimes that's not enough uh, communication and, and they're learning to poke me more because I'm just driving the car. Uh, there were times tonight where I, I, we were leading there at the end uh, after the final pit stop. I thought Martin was catching me. I thought I needed another tenth, half a tenth of speed. And I drove in turn three about 30 feet deeper, and I didn't make the corner. And I thought, well, don't drive in. And the whole time, like, I could have been explaining the car maybe. You know, I could have been in a better headspace, but I'm just driving. I'm, like, trying to find every bit of hundredth of a second um, to manage my gap and, and go fast. And, um, you know, I've I've learned that my boys and girls at track house and on the one car, they're the smartest that I've I could possibly ask for, and I let them do their jobs, and they let me do mine. So like we talked about earlier, I'm not a rah-rah guy. I don't, I don't, you know, psych them up. They don't psych me up. We we joke. Our hauler is one of the most laid back I've ever been a part of, um, pit crew and road crew, and um, we just kind of go about our business. So, uh, yeah, I learned a lot that day, and I matured. That was, you know, half a season into my first cup season, and um, in Xfinity, like in the four car, I would – kind of learn from Landon Castle, like kind of quarterback the car from there. And we need to pit. We need to stay out. We need to wave around. We need to take scuff tires now because we need to save our stickers for later. And uh, it's not the case when you get to the Cup Series. You need to let the smart boys and girls make those calls. And I feel like, you know, Phil kind of goes under the radar when you talk about big names among crew chiefs like Childers, Wolf, Small, et cetera. Do you feel like – do you feel like Phil still doesn't get enough recognition or respect as being among the top crew chiefs in the garage area? I think in the garage they know how fast his cars are. Um, you know, he's he's been a a journeyman of sorts, a lot like I mean, long, way longer than me. But uh, he's been through you know teams and worked his way up from not being a crew chief to being a crew chief um, in the Cup Series and winning races now. Um, and this this. You know, it didn't just happen overnight. So the people in the garage know Phil Surgeon. I'll be honest, whenever uh, they said he was going to crew chief the 42 Cup car and when Kenseth was driving it, when Matt was driving it, I didn't know who Phil Surgeon was. And I was, I thought, tuned in on the 1 and 42 as I was not driving in the building, but I was at CGR, and I had to ask who is Phil Surgeon. And I felt really silly saying that at the time. And... um I'd been around him. I just didn't know the name. I didn't know the face with the name. So I knew the face, but I didn't know the name. So um, I love it. I love that he just goes about his business. He's not flashy. Um, you know, I've learned to embrace the, the fandom and the, the, the front facing of Trackhouse and NASCAR that, that I've been, you know, fortunate to be given. Um, I'm proud to be one of the, the faces on the, you know, on the, broadcast uh when they put five five racers up there on the fo- football coverage or baseball or or talking about the next race and i'm one of the five like i'm i'm proud to be that guy one of those five um but i'm i'm more like phil than i am 
you know, a rah rah guy. I don't I don't really put myself out there. I I got people that can do that for me. Thanks, Ross. I'll hand off to you now. Okay. Okay, uh, Stephen Stump of FrontStretch.com. Ross, from your uh, win at Talladega to you taking the checkered flag at uh, Nashville, you led 983 laps in the Cup Series. Um, obviously, you said you made a statement when you won the pole, passed uh, two really good cars at the end, led the most laps. But how, you know, how important is this win, knowing how close you guys have been to winning in the last 42 races? Well, it's bigger than anything. It's an oval. It's a circle track. You, know, you have to lift and slide and hit the gas and brake and turn the wheel. So uh, my boys and girls on the one team have not let me forget that. And they have been kind of, you know, pushing me on that. Like, take you serious when you win a win on an oval track. They've won races. This one team before Trackhouse and I were a part of it uh, was very different iterations. And But they were winning races in the Cup Series. So they, they've been here and done it. Um, and And... They wanted to see me do it on a true oval. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know anything else other than that. I think about them and, and our conversations and, and how much work we put into it, and they put into me to make me better on these kind of tracks. Thank you. Yep. All right, let's go to Mark Garrow and then to Larry Woody. Mark Garrow, PRN, congratulations. From our view of the race, and I know throughout the race there's little mistakes that you guys always make. There's no dead letter perfect race. But overall, big picture, do you feel like you drove the perfect race? Aggressive when you needed to be, patience when you needed to be, and, and just plain getting after it when you had to? Never perfect. Like you said, there's lots of mistakes. Um, when the sun went down, I had slipped off turn two several times early in the race and lifted and slid and about spun out. And when the sun went down, I, it happened again. And it was the first time that Brandon McReynolds, my spotter, said, easy, take care of your stuff here. Because when I lifted, the fire shot out the left side exhaust from the fuel burn dumping out. Uh, and in the daylight, you can't really see it from that far away. And, I, and as soon as he said, easy, take care of your stuff, I thought, the fire is telling on me. I'm sliding over here, and now he knows it. Um, so there's lots of mistakes. Um, you know, I thought I could have got by the 42 early in the race better I could have passed Martin on the final restart better, or, you know, I could have gotten that done. I didn't. Um, other than that, though, um, there was a point in the race when I was running, like, fifth after that kind of – after Tyler had his issue and spun with the tire, whatever was coming off with the right rear, and we were, like, fifth, and I thought, well, the 19's better, the 24's better, <sighs> and I kind of had a moment where I thought that, um, and then I thought – well, that doesn't matter. I don't care if they are better. What what do I need to do next? And the next thing is warm my tires. The next thing is get a good restart, drive in turn one. I'm fourth in line for the choose. I chose third for second row inside. Get clear of the outside guy, hopefully roll up to the next guy. And I did that, and I thought, what's next? All right, try to get – nope, didn't get clear of the 19. Um, so the moments that I questioned it, and, and it was a self-talk. I, I have a lot of conversations in my head. Try not to push the radio when I'm talking back <laughs> to those those voices, but um, I need to speak about it in my head and have real dialogue. And, uh, you know, I, I talked myself right back into just go get a good restart and let's figure it out from there. And then the, the sun went down. And uh, after that, it was pretty darn good. Uh, there wasn't many things that I would do different now. Three wide, three laps. Can you talk about that and the idea of maybe banking some credit? You talked about Truex and Hamlin, the issues you've had. 
they obviously started to cut you a little bit of slack at the end of the race. Do you feel like you bank a little credit? Hey, I was still racing hard, but we didn't wreck. I didn't overstep. And do you feel like those moments will, will help you long term? For sure. Yeah, I thought that uh, me and William lined up on the front row, and I thought he chased me up a little too much in the moment. I haven't watched the replay, but to me, he was worried about me, and the 19 in turn one drove underneath both of us. Um, and then after that, he chased me up off of four, and the 19 cleared both of us, and we were still side by side. And I thought, dang, Will, like, you let the guy in third drive by both of us. So um, 1911 specifically, yes. Uh, there were there were times that they passed me. There were, or the 11 got by us on the, the strategy of the caution. But, um, you know, when I got back to him, he, he raced me great. 19 did as well. And um, that's all I asked for. The end of stage two, when the points were on the line, 19 ran me all over the track. I wasn't going to pass that 19 no matter how fast I was. Uh, luckily, we were fast right after that, able to drive by him after, you know, maybe 30 laps, and then the 11 a little bit later. Uh, I feel like if we'd have pitted again the final pit stop and ran to the end and tried to pass him late, I don't think I'd have got the same courtesy. So uh, a little bit fortunate on the timing, but also definitely they they did it how they said they would. And, um, you know, I've been racing them with more room, and uh, they gave it to me tonight. Uh, Ross Larry Woody just has said this is his sweetest victory. How how special is it to win in the boss's backyard? I know you'd said you really put emphasis on this race and also a follow up. Tell us again the history of the watermelon smash. Yes, sir. Yeah, look, uh, it's hard to beat the first. Um first win last year at Coda, but uh Nashville is where the word track house was formed. Justin moved here with his family. Uh Steve and everybody Tootsies, he went to a meeting with them and he said Believe in me, take a chance on me, and I will make it pay off for you. And Tootsies was one of the early sponsors of the 99 and 2021. Um, you know, and, and Justin told me that story, and, and he still lives here. Ty lives here. Dean live, lives here with, with Trackhouse 360. And, uh, you know, it's it's incredible, the the thought that that we won here. It's just it's mind-boggling. It's, it's so it's hard to line that up, have a fast car here. But um, for us, the one team, all three years we've been here um, with our group has been capable of running in the top five, and tonight we, we put it all together. So uh, incredible. And, and a, a brief history of the yes, so uh, very first, <coughs> we used to carry watermelons to track when I was mid or back of the pack, but it was more for the publicity because the ag industry is what sponsored me early on. My first races in 2011 were – um, you know, were a, an investment by my family, but the ag industry pitched in and sponsored me, different companies all along the way, um, all with the goal of just selling more watermelon. And so definitely when we got the 42 Xfinity ride, we thought, let's have it there, let's raise it at Victory Lane. We won the darn second race we ever ran with that 42 car. Um, I held it up. I didn't really know what to do, and I sat it down on the roof, and we were in the media center, and it was bending the glass at Las Vegas uh, in the media center and somebody in the room asked what I was going to do with it after the track or somebody asked me to move it because it was bowing. And I think that glass is still bent by the way. Yeah. And so I thought, no, smash it open, needed, I guess. And they asked if they could film it. And we went out to the front stretch. I stood on the wall and it was born. Uh, it was a natural feeling. It's not something that's sponsored. Um, you know, in a, in a sense that I have to do it. I don't need chug points and all that stuff. Um, but it's a bare seminous watermelon. It's the watermelon varieties that we grow at our farm. We're done with our crop this year. The Georgia crop is being harvested now, um, and 
and so for those farmers, it's it's a great year. It was a great growing season for us in Florida. They're knocking it out of the park, breaking records in Georgia right now. Um, and Yosemite Fresh is harvesting out west in California. So, um, you know, as, as as I've grown in in my racing, I've gotten to meet more farmers, which is just so cool for me because all I wanted to be as a kid was a farmer. Like I wanted to be like my dad, my uncle, my granddad, and every Chastain back eight generations before me that were watermelon farmers. And the first Chastain came over a long time ago, and not long after that they started farming. So um, it's it's all I ever wanted to be as a kid. I wanted to walk in my dad's footsteps and, and be just like him. And so for my brother to get to run the farm at home, race a little bit, um, and and we get to promote watermelon, it's our family's business. And really the, the coolest part was after we won that first race, I wasn't sure how the ag industry would honestly think about it because I was wasting a watermelon. And my granddad called me the next morning and he said, Ross, you, we will never know how many people in the world saw that watermelon smash. I saw it on my Facebook. And I thought, all right, that's all the affirmation and the, you know, that's the check mark I needed to keep going. And we've not looked back. Well, we didn't slip. I was worried, too. <laughs> All right, let's come right back here in the middle, and then we'll go to Dustin Alvino. Uh, Crystal Clay, RacingRefresh.com. Uh, there is a song that I can recall by a band named Blind Melon, not because it didn't rain today, but I see parallels between the writer's inspiration for the song and the recent challenges you faced leading up to this win. Since we're in Music City, you also had an inspiring message in your post-race interview and at the, fin or at the finish line, so I wanted to know what song comes to mind for you to express your weekend and the importance of this victory and why. Well, if you take the words I said walking out the door, it's I believe that we will win. <laughs> it's a little pit bull action, but um, yeah, that's not very Nashville. Uh, he's definitely not here. He's in Miami. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm... I'm uh, 90s country music, you know, older country music fan. So um, more only sing when I've when I'm feeling feeling good. I'm feeling good tonight. So um, yeah, I I think um, you know the stuff on the front stretch is I believe that I, I I've thought about that. It's not just to say it. You know, when I have the spotlight, it's it's a belief that you'll be criticized. Anybody, I think everybody in this room at some point has been criticized. And except if you want it, if you want to keep doing it. If, if you want to be in this room, if you want to be in this sport, you'll keep going. And no matter if it's business or sports or, or your life, um, you just wake up and go to work. And they're not all going to be good days. Um, we're going to remember the old days better than they probably were. And uh, just get up and go to work every day and see what happens. Go ahead, Dustin. Dustin Lobino, Jay Ski Ross. Um, kind of off Larry's first question, but you have top fives now in all three races here. I know you got fast cars, but why do you feel like this track does kind of suit your driving style? Well, I've heard other people in the sport say it. You cannot drive a slow car fast. I've had fast ones here, um, but I've had fast ones a lot of places and haven't put together top fives and, and wins. So um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I don't have a reason um, because I feel like we could have done this Dover, we could have done this other tracks. Um, it's not just here that we're, you know, this is our our bright spot of the year. Um, but yeah, it's it's shown, and I'm I'm not sad about it. So I'll take it. Thanks. All right. Do we have any additional questions for Ross? Our, oh, okay. We'll take one final one from Mark Garrow. 
Mark Carroll, PRN. Now that you've won and obviously you've locked into the playoff, how does this change your season and, and what you guys now will attempt to do? Because without the win, you have a certain set of scenarios, and now with a win, you've got a new set. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt confident we were going to make it um, just based on, I mean, everybody looks at the points every week, and based on our gap to the cut line, I felt safe. I felt safe with more winners moving the cut line up the field. It was, you know, it wasn't going to stay where it was at. Um, and just keep keep acquiring points and bringing fast cars, and we'll we'll go fight for it. Um, you know, ultimately, for, for us, um, it's a journey to get there, but it's ultimately all about getting into the playoffs that's that's definitely it so um i don't think it, it doesn't well personally it doesn't change for me i'm i'm not going to start as early in the morning as i would have if i lost okay i'm not going to be at the tech center at, at gm uh, at 8 a.m with dan jansen but i'm gonna get there at some point tomorrow and i'm gonna ask him to come in late with me and work through maybe tomorrow afternoon with me um we're gonna go right back to work uh, we're going to celebrate this throughout the week, but there will still be the blocks of time that I will cut out for the competition uh, and get ready for next week. Um, you know, you, it's just it's too it's too important to miss out on an opportunity next week because you had good luck, good success this week. Um, we want fast cars like this, and if if I don't put in the work, I will not be ready when I pull on track next week. All right, Ross. Thanks for coming in, and congratulations. Yeah. Thing. Great win for us. Uh, well needed win for the year. Always exciting when Ross lost people. <laughs> they give him a hard time on his racing, but look, just wants to win, guys. He just wants to win. So uh, we're going to back up and do this come uh, Thursday, guys. So, uh, Appreciate you calling in, listening in. We'll be back Thursday night. Congratulations. Look out, Chicago. Look towards, here we come. Follow me on TikTok. That crap button on YouTube. Come on, somebody's listening to the crap button.